This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Our calling to step up, speak out, stand strong, stay humble, and serve the King. In times past, we've worked a lot. We're hardly home traveled quite a bit, listened a lot less, took the easy way out of home chores, (laughs) did many other manly things, and perhaps said less than we ought to, to Honey and the children. In these challenging times, we work a lot still, just differently. We've seen up times and down moments. We go for walks more. With no escape now, we are compelled to better communicate with our wives and children, building bonds. We are rediscovering family, discovering new talents, and refreshing old ones. Cooking, baking, dancing, teaching, caring. We've advanced unfinished projects. We're reading more too. As a healthcare worker in the midst of the grim realities and palpable fear surrounding COVID-19, I've come to learn that there is a rock that is higher than I. God still holds the power of exemption. That truth for me has been liberating, putting all fear to flight. One of the things uh, my family and I have learned during this lockdown is to keep trusting God the more in keeping our hope and faith in Him alive. Psalm 30 verse 5, the big part of it is a weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Have we learned the art of learning and not just learning to improve, but the art of learning something completely new. For example, I've learned how to bake for the first time ever, and I've learned how to code, the basics of coding for the first time ever. And that is teaching me that the potential of one to learn is really almost unlimited. One of the things I've learned in this period has been the value of a closer relationship with my daughters, an intense relationship with my wife, and I've unlearned how not to have a scattergun approach to relationships. One key thing I've um, learned during this time has been the importance of prophecy, you know, in the, in the life of a human being. You know, given the fact that um, God actually uses prophecies to remind us of the things He wants to do. The thing where I learned during this lockdown, now say no be by power, because it be like say the people will get power, the power fade them. The systems where we think they get power, the power for. Nine be that. And I already pray we go help me, make I make I read, make I dig. One thing I've learned during this lockdown is to put my trust in the Lord. This is anchored on Psalm 22:20. My soul waits for the Lord. He's my help and my shield. 
have learned to develop a winning response during a difficult time and the secret of unending success, someone delivered by Pastor Chris and Pastor Adeboye. I've developed a business asset and currently working on a typical software, family bonding, business idea tech-wise, co-protectors us as a family, despite my wife work as a frontline worker and did not contact COVID-19 while attending to COVID patients. A lot of things have happened during this lockdown. I've been able to run 10,000 kilometers again and again, being on the treadmill, just keeping feet, having a great family altar, prayer session with the children, Not no hurry. No, I can't. It's great. Most time, when crisis occur, people blame each other, but instead of blaming each other, we should be working together to, as a team to resolve the problem. So I learned that practicing love makes it perfect. This is helping me unlearn some old behaviors on this subject and helping me to submit in the fear of the Lord in my relationships, including my marriage. I've learned to put God first in all that I do and trust Him with all things. On the other hand, I've been able to deal with procrastination. Ecclesiastes 11.4, He who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap. I have learned not to take anything for granted. And whatever I have learned, not to be in a hurry. Learned patience, consistency, that God still blesses in the midst of scarcity, and that family bonding cannot be traded for anything. I have learned not to lose hope. One thing I have learned during this lockdown period is that God may not be there when you need him, but he is always on time. What I've learned this whole lockdown period has been how to write and write a couple of books. And uh, it's, it's been an interesting experience. It's also added, made my wife and I closer because that's given us one more adventure to go on together. All right, happy Father's Day. We're listening to God Almighty through his awesome word and positioning ourselves by the help of the Holy Spirit. By the power of His might at work in us, we will love our wives and cherish their immense contribution to the stability of our homes. We will set the stage for the next generation by taking the courage to live godly lives as examples. We will consciously prepare to mentor and guide this emerging generation of saints. We will submit to one another in loving relationships and the fear of God. We will be our brother's keepers. We will love hard the Jesus way. We will dream big and see ourselves through the eyes of our God, never quitting in the process of it all. We especially greet all fathers and men on the front line during the ongoing pandemic. Thank you for the courage and strength you've shown. May your reward be multiplied in Jesus' name. This special tribute goes to all fathers around the nations of the earth who have suffered personal loss during this time. We are with you and join our hearts together in prayers for you. Be strengthened in the power of his might in Jesus' name. Amen. And on behalf of us all and our blessed families, we give great honour to our dear Father in the house, 
Pastor Chris Binley. Thank you, sir, for your selflessness, your continuing sacrifice of love, and for being our cover under our Lord Jesus Christ, here in Aberdeen and beyond. May God continue to single you out for higher levels of blessings. In Jesus' name, Amen. Lastly and above all, we give the honor of honors to the greatest Father of all. He is the Father of Fathers. Jehovah Almighty is His name. Abba Father, all men in the house stand in awe of your wonders and celebrate you with our clap offerings this day. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, that was a very interesting and wonderful video. Um, we thank all the men, all the fathers. And I would also like to thank some people by virtue, maybe by virtue of certain conditions, uh, playing the role of fathers. Maybe they've lost a loved one, lost a husband, or maybe they are separated. I will pray that God himself will um, strengthen you and keep you and uphold you in Jesus' name. Right, so today's Father's Day. I'm going to start with um, an incident that happened in 2009 um, in the U.S., in, in New York, New York City. A plane took off around 3.25 p.m., um, it was, a, it was a flight that had 150 people and five crew. And two minutes, three minutes into the flight, the, uh, the plane ran into a flock of geese and um, lost both engines, lost thrust in those engines. And the, the pilots called the control tower and said, you know, you know my flight is going down. And, um, I might need to you know, go back to the airport. Um, so the pilot turned back. But he couldn't make it to the airport, so he called, called back the control tower and said, you know, I'll have to make an emergency landing on, on the Hudson River. So there's a movie made out of that story. This captain landed the plane on the river. All 100 and 150 people survived. All the crew survived. No one was lost. So you could imagine going through turbulent times like, like that pilot did, you know, like a father. Like in the times we are in, where things are turbulent, things are very shaky. No one really can tell where the world is going. We've never seen things like this. So today, we're going to, we're going to be talking about fatherhood in turbulent times. Fatherhood in, in turbulent times. What do we do? How do we handle it? You know, what's our perspective when things are very, very challenging like that pilot? So you could imagine in five minutes of flying... The pilot was on the river, but he didn't lose anyone. So we're going to look at a couple of scriptures, look at what people did or what people shouldn't do or what they didn't do when um, they ran into very challenging and turbulent times. So we're going to start with Matthew chapter 8. We'll read from the NIV version, Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 to 26. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. And um, I'll read. Uh, I need to look on my tablet. I can't really see that. Right, so Matthew chapter 8, verse 
Then he got into the boat, that's Jesus, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, so the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going down. You know, that's, that's like that, um, that pilot on that plane. You could imagine him calling control tower and saying, just two minutes into the air, three minutes into the air, saying, I've lost, I've lost both engines and I'm going down. Praise God. So they said to the Lord, the disciples went and woke him and said, Lord, save us, we are going to drown. And he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. And it was completely calm. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to read Acts chapter 27 too. Acts chapter 27 from verse 17. Acts chapter 27 from verse 17. The background to this story is Paul being taken to Rome. And he was on a ship. And the ship ran into a storm. You know, it's just like us in this day and age where we, think, we thought we were heading somewhere. The world thought it was heading somewhere. All nations had made their plans. We've made our plans. Booked our flights. We're going on holidays. Praise God. And all of a sudden, we've been locked indoors for three months. Praise God. You know, so this guy was to be taken to Rome. They had all everything sorted. And he got on this, this ship. He wasn't the captain of the ship. He was, he was like a passenger in the ship. And they ran into a very nasty storm. So from verse 17 of Acts chapter 27, we can see what happened. So the men hoisted it about that, the, the life raft on the ship. And they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Cytus, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. Verse 18. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Verse 21. And after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Verse 23. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong, whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Praise God. You know, Paul, Paul more or less became the captain of that ship. Praise God. He became the one they were listening to. He became the one that, if you read the whole chapter, you see that Paul became the one that took control of, of what was happening on the ship because the people that were running the ship, were supposed to run the ship, had lost, <laughs> they had lost the idea what to do. Praise God. So what do we do as men and as people that run, you know, our families by the grace of God or we run organizations or we run businesses? What do we do? Or we run nations. 
what do we do when things are turbulent? Or what do we not do? So you can say it both ways. What do we do and what do we not do? So the first thing, the first thing to do when things are rough, when the waters are, the winds, the winds are, you know, all over the place and things are upside down, just like the world is right now. The first thing and the, we must do, the first thing we must do, we must stay in touch with our control tower. Praise God. So the example, like the story I narrated at the beginning, the, the pilots, when he lost both engines, when he lost thrust, he called the control tower, said, I've lost both engines, you know. You know, I tried to restart the engine and it's not working. I have to head back. So we must always stay in touch with our control tower. And what's our control tower? You know, the, the example of um, the story we read in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, the people in the, in, in the boat with Jesus, their control tower obviously was Jesus. And they went to him. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't pretend that Jesus wasn't on the boat. So in times like this, when things are rough, things are, you know, shaky, we really don't know. We must always talk to our control tower, talk to God, spend time with God. This is not the time to, you know, <laughs> to do radio silence. This is not the time to fly blind. This is the time to make sure you're in touch with your control tower. And, you know, and, and the control tower is always responsive. You know, in that story, they made a movie out of that story. Um, I think it's called Sally or so, you know. There was no, nowhere was narrated in, in, in what we read in Acts chapter 27 or Matthew chapter 8 that the control tower didn't respond. You know, if you call the control tower, the control tower is going to respond. Amen? The control tower never goes to sleep. The control tower runs 24-7. So no matter how turbulent, how rough the wind is or the situation is, please, please, please call your control tower. Keep in touch with your control tower. Don't lose... Don't lose, don't lose connection with your control tower. That's the first thing we must do. First thing we must do when things are turbulent. And these are the times we say, you know, because if you call men, you know, sometimes when things are rough, we, we, call, we call men. Amen. But um, if you call me by 12 midnight, my phone is on do not disturb. So I will not take your call. I'll talk to you the next day. By then it might be too late. Some people you call, you might not reach them. Or you call men, they might give you an answer that is wrong because, you know, our knowledge is finite. So always call your control tower. Stay in touch with God. Stay in touch with Jesus. Don't lose touch. That's the first thing we must do in times like this when things are very turbulent. The next thing we must do, you know, is interesting. In, um, if, we've, if we've been on a plane, I believe... All of us, or most of us, must have flown in a plane for, for some of us to be here. I'm sure he didn't, he didn't go on a boat. You know, he could have gone on a boat, but it would take a little longer. <laughs> Praise God. But we've been on a plane. And uh, if you've flown on a plane, sometimes you go through, through turbulence. You know, you know, some turbulence, you know, the pilot will tell you, you know, we're going to go through turbulence. You know, keep your seatbelts on. You know, but sometimes the pilots themselves don't know. You just... Um, run into those turbulence and, you know, the planes becomes very shaky. Some turbulences are so bad that the planes actually drops a number of meters in the air. You know, it can be very um, upsetting, to put it mildly. But one thing you never find the pilot of the plane doing when he's through, through turbulence is to come out from his cockpit and start screaming, we're all going to die. <laughs> no pilot ever does that. Or you see a steward saying, ah, this plane, we're all going to die here. Yeah, it's crazy. Praise God. So what you need to do when times like this, and this is a very turbulent time for the world, 
you need to keep calm. And you need to keep the people around you calm. Two things involved. You need to keep calm. You need to keep your passengers calm. You need to keep those around you calm. You can see Jesus, you know, the way he spoke, he was, he was quite calm. And he said, why are you afraid? You shouldn't be afraid. I'm on the boat. And in Acts chapter 27 that we read, you can see Paul. You can see Paul speaking to, <laughs> to the crew of that, um, of that ship. You know, he was, he was giving them an encouraging speech. You know, he became the captain of the boat. He said, you know, an angel stood before me last night and says, nothing is going to be lost on this, on this ship. You know, nobody's going to be lost, rather. So you guys need to calm down, you know, stay in control. Don't jump off. You know, when you're in a turbulent flight, it, that is not the time, you know, you, you, you want to be having an extra vivid imagination. You know, some of us, our imaginations are quite uh, fertile. <laughs> you know, you know we, we, we start imagining things that, uh, that, that would uncalm us. You know, so we calm ourselves, calm the people around us, calm our family. You know, my, uh, someone was telling me a story of, of, a, of a child. I saw the, the George Floyd video in a teenager. And the, ch- and the child went into a corner and started crying. Actually, a teenager, not a child, really. And uh, I said, are we, are we going to be all right? You know, are we going, all going to die because we're of a certain color? You know, so, but it's left for the parents, the people around that person to calm the person down and say, you know, it's, it's going to be all right. Things are quite turbulent right now, but this flight is not going to crash. We're all going to come out calm. So for us to keep calm, keep people around us calm, there are things we might need to do. One of them might be we manage, you know, the information flow. Praise God. You know, we manage the information flow. I, I, I had an experience growing up. My, my mom had the... Um, a particular medical condition that um, she does not take very nicely to bad news. <laughs> you know, if you, um, God help you, maybe they lost someone in the village and you just came to my house and told my mom you would have something to answer with my dad because he would have to manage the crisis. Praise God. So part of keeping calm is controlling the information flow, you know, you know be, be mindful of what, what we ingest, what people around us ingest, what they take in, you know, we might need to help the younger ones not to spend all their time <laughs> digesting the news that, you know, when they are supposed to sleep, they'll run out. and uh, They'll keep you awake in the process. Praise God. So keep calm. Keep your passengers calm. That's what Paul did. He was speaking to them in Acts chapter 27. saying, so, you know, you guys, don't worry. We'll be fine. Everything will turn around. And that's what Jesus did in Matthew chapter 8. So we've talked about. Keep, keep in touch with your control tower. Keep those around you calm. One other thing we need to do when times are turbulent, when times are rough, when things are very uncertain, you know, we need to utilize our experience and consult our instruments. Two things there, right? You know, we utilize, imagine a pilot. You don't just wake up and say, I'm going to be a pilot and go to Aberdeen Airport and start flying a plane. Praise God. You must have clocked some hours on simulation must have clocked some hours flying a real plane before they actually allow you to fly people. So for us as children of God, I believe that God must have taken us through a number of things in life, a number of successes we've had. We've gone through, you know, maybe some other types of challenges that we can leverage that experience in these current times that we're in. So we consult our experience, you know, just like David did. He said, the God that delivered me from the bear, from the lion, would deliver me from Goliath. Consult our experience. I'm sure we've had you know, in the course of being Christians, must have had 
victorious experiences in one form or the other. So the experience represents all our past victories. Amen. All the things that have succeeded. You know, there are, there are, if we look back for where God has taken us from and where we are, I'm sure we have, we have a lot of things to be thankful for. We have a huge pile of experiences. If you don't have an experience that you can leverage, leverage the experience of the people around you from. That's why we do testimonies. Somebody said, you know, you know, like one of our brothers that shared this morning, how God, you know, has kept his dad, even though he was in the, he's, he's in the vulnerable range. Leverage that experience in going through turbulent times. The God that did it for that person can do it for me too. The God that gave someone um, a breakthrough in his, in his job or in his career is able to also give me mine. So leverage the experiences around you. You know, speak to people that have gone through it. They can tell you what's happened, how they went through it, godly experience. And your instruments, you know, for you to fly, fly a plane, you need to be, there are some, I think they call them instrument-rated pilots. Amen. They don't, they don't um, fly by sight. So they can look at their instruments and trust the instruments. That's why before they build those planes, they need to certify a lot of things because they are trusting the instruments. They are placing their lives in the instruments. And we can see that uh, the story of Paul, Paul said, I believe God. I believe God in Acts chapter 27, verse 25. That was a huge experience. It is to be difficult for someone to say, I believe God, if he has not experienced God. You can't believe what you've not experienced. You can't, you can't handle what you've not, what you've not tasted. You can't, you can't talk to it about people. So Paul was able to say that, and he was able to consult you know, his, his instrument because he knew the word of God. Amen? He knew the word of God. So the word of God are instruments. You know, the Bible, what does the Bible say about that particular situation? You know, maybe we're ill or maybe we're going through a health crisis. The Bible says with long life will I satisfy you. You know, it says maybe there's a child that is giving, giving us some challenges. The Bible says we shall not bring forth for sorrow. Praise God. Maybe, maybe, maybe you know, the finances are not looking so good. You know, I went through a challenge recently, shared with some people where I was supposed to be made redundant. But in three weeks to go, I got, I got, a, I got an offer. It was, it was quite dramatic. Actually, I got the offer because of the lockdown. <laughs> because if it wasn't for the lockdown, I was supposed to have been gone. But because of the lockdown, they put the process on hold, and within three weeks, I got a beautiful offer. So consult your instruments. And during that period, I was reading the scripture that says, those that wait for the help of the Lord can never be disappointed. And those that call upon his name can never be put to shame. And I was saying to myself every morning, I'm not going to be idle. I'm not going to be put to shame. I can never be embarrassed. Every morning, I, it was rough. I was looking at the wrong thing. The figures were... Scary. The data, I speak to my manager, I say, this is going to be a rough year in the business because they are shutting down operations, moving them offshore to lower-cost countries, as they call them. But I said, no, I was consulting my instruments. On a daily basis, consult your instruments, people of God. Don't, 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 don't be worried. The instruments can never fail. You know, the instruments of man fail. They can give you some, some, some error readings. They have plus or minus. They have error range. But the instruments of God can never, ever fail. They don't have a plus or minus. They don't need correctional errors. They don't have zero error. It's 100% correct. Consult your instruments. Praise God. That's what we do. The word of God, the word you hear, the word you read, those are your instruments. Consult them. And also consult your experience, like we've mentioned. So what else do we do when times are rough, when times are challenging? You know, one, one, one thing um, that... Uh, I'll give an example, a story that some of us know. In, in certain parts of the world, there was, there was a bomb blast some years ago. You know, it was, it, was, it was in a military barracks, and 
you know, some, some audience went off by, by mistake. And uh, people just started running. You know, in some parts of the world, people run and they don't ask why they're running. <laughs> they just take off. And uh, you find out that everyone is running. Say, oh, my friend, why are you running? I don't know. Somebody was running. I just started running. You know. But when you are in a time of crisis, please don't just start running. Do not just start running. You know, you see someone, uh, you know, they are running and everyone is running. You know, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are buying a, a, a truckload of toilet rolls. We'll buy it. We're all running. You know, they are stocking things and say, why are you stocking this stuff? I saw this guy stocking it, so I need to stock it. They're all running. <laughs> People of God, in a time of crisis, it's not a time to be running. It's not a time to be jumping around. You can imagine you're in a turbulent flight, you know, and you decide to take off your seatbelt and say, I'm going for a, roll, a walk down the flight, down the plane. That's not the right thing to do. So when, thing, when things are turbulent, when things are rough, like in our time, like in our age, please keep your seatbelt on. What does it mean to keep your seatbelt on? You know, if you don't keep your seatbelt on, there are a few things that happen. And we saw that in, we see that in Acts chapter 27 that we read. You see, the Bible says that those sailors, praise God, those sailors, they started throwing things overboard themselves. You know, first of all, they threw the anchor away. Then the next thing, they started offloading their goods so they're chucking them into the sea. You know, when we start running around, we start throwing things of value overboard. First of all, we might say, you know, I've been a Christian for 20 years, 15 years, you know, and um, I've not done X, Y, and Z. I've kept myself. Maybe it's time to throw this overboard. <laughs> because it seems as if this is part of the problem, why things are not moving. You know, keep your seatbelts on. This is not the time. Or they say, oh, no, maybe you can try something else. I remember years back when I was in a turbulent situation, a young man, I think I was planning to get married the next year, and I lost my job. You know, it's not uh, particularly good getting married when you don't have a job, <laughs> you know. So, and I went back to my father's house, you know. You're used to living alone, and I ended up in my dad's house. You know, I was in, I was in the southern part of Nigeria, then I went back to the west where my parents live. And I, and I was sitting with my dad, and... You know, my dad just, you know, walked up to me one day and said, you know, I've told you, you these young people, you don't like to go and speak to people or ask for things. Said, you don't even want to know where to go. He said, there's this place they pray. You know, and it's not, it's not you know, he says it's a church. They pray there in the eastern part of the country. Why don't we go and go there and pray? And uh, I was looking at my dad. I knew he was out of love. It was good intention. But I know I said, this was, I knew my spirit that this was like taking off my seatbelt. <laughs> And I said to him, you know, Daddy, is, is in this your house that I prayed? I got that first job. Is in this your house that I prayed? I got the other job. If I cannot pray in this house and get another job, I don't, I don't think I really need that job. The man just looked at me and just walked away. <laughs> Praise God. So, people of God, please keep your seatbelt on. This is not a time for some um, spiritual experiment. When times are turbulent... This is not a time, you know, Jesus said if they tell you I'm here, I am here, I am there, don't bother. Stay in the ground that you've tested and trusted. Stay with the people that I've seen you through over the years. Stay with the men and women of God that you've imbibed their words. You understand how, they are, how the Spirit walks through them. You've seen them. You've seen God use them for great and powerful things. You've seen God speak through them and you've seen their words come to pass. 
stay with them, please. Stay with them. This is not a time to be conducting all sorts of uh, spiritual experience. Because what happens when people do that? They lose a lot of things like we see, uh, we saw in Acts chapter 27. They threw out all the things of value. Stay engaged with the word of God and stay in the fold. Praise God. Stay in the fold. One of, one of the things of staying in the fold, keeping your seatbelts on, means, you know, engage, you know, with, with, with communities around us. You know, um, the house fellowship, maybe I'm biased, you know, with the brothers and sisters we have. This is not a time to say, you know, I'm locked down and I'm locked down properly. Locked down as in, I don't even call anybody, I don't even engage. That's not what it means. It means keep in touch, stay engaged, because you never can tell where your deliverance will come. Amen? Never can tell. So keep your seatbelts on. Keep your seatbelts on when times are turbulent, when times are rough, and when times are challenging. So when things are rough again, um, what, what, what else do we need to do? You know, when things are rough, we, we start evaluating the things that, uh, or the relationships, let me not say the things. We start evaluating relationships and say, you know, I've known, I've known, I've known this person for maybe 20 years, 10 years. I, I, can't, I can't really remember any value I've gotten out of this relationship. You know, maybe it's time to, to um, cut this relationship off. Or maybe it's time to go towards the things I used to do in the past. And we can see in uh, John chapter 21, if we read from verse 1, so I think around verse 5, John chapter 21, you know, after Jesus appeared to the disciples, uh, to, sorry, to, to Peter, after a while, I think in chapter, in verse 3, you know, Peter said, I go a fishing, you know. He said, I'm going to go and fish. And he said, I, his, his friends, fellow apostles said, we're going to go with you. So why you wonder, why, why, did, why did Peter, after seeing Jesus resurrected, after going through you know, the first part of that turbulence. Why did he choose to go back to what he knew before? You know why? Because when things are turbulent, we tend to default to the familiar. So we need to watch out for it. Watch out for it so we don't go back to the things we've done, you know, in Egypt. Praise God. You know, and you see things like that happening in, in, in some situations. Maybe we've been waiting for a spouse for a long time. And um, you look around and it seems as if the people of the world are actually getting all the fine, and handsome guys and the, and the pretty ladies. And you're wondering, you know, maybe I should just go and try it there. Maybe these guys have something that I don't. Please don't. Please don't. Or maybe you've, um, you've, you've kept your, 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 your CV straight. <laughs> Praise God. You've kept it straight. You've not... Uh, You've handled it like the word of God. You've not added or removed. <laughs> Praise God. But I've looked at it and said, you know, well, maybe I need to add something to this thing. You know? And that is not the way to do, please. Don't go back to the things that you've done in the past. Because what, I, what happens then is that after a while, you might get it. But down the line, it starts seeing the effect. Someone told me a story of someone that wanted to move to, to the western part of the world, you know, years back. And, and uh, this person, you know, was um, tempted to, to use a different identity. Let me put it that way. And, you know, he, but he came, but he had to live with that identity for close to two decades. He was messed up his life, messed up his children's life, you know. 
because he, he defaulted to the way things are done in the past. So when things are rough, when times are turbulent, don't think going back is going to solve it. It might, solve, it might seem as if it solved it now, but a year down the line, two years down the line, ten years down the line, you know, we see the story of Saul in the Bible. You know, the, the prophet Samuel told him, wait for me, don't do this stuff. And the guy, because he, he hadn't built himself up properly, he went back because it was a time of turbulence. It was a time of challenge. The Philistines were around him. He was afraid. He said, where is the man of God? He couldn't handle the pressure of life. He couldn't handle the pressure that was facing him at that point in time. He said, you know what? You know, I think I can go back to the way things were done before. And he did the sacrifice. Immediately he finished it. The Bible said Samuel turned up. And that is the way it is with life sometimes. You know, if we as believers, we go back to the way the things are done, that immediately might be the next day. It might be 10 years down the line. It might be five years down the line. It might be towards the end of our life. We look back and say that was a monumental mistake. So please don't go back when things are rough, when things are turbulent. Also, one other thing we need to not to do, not to do, when things are, when times are rough, when times are turbulent, is we should not sacrifice people. Now, you know what I mean? When I talk about sacrifice, I don't mean, you know, sacrifice, sacrifice. I mean, you don't, you don't put people in a in, in line of fire because uh, loved ones in line of fire. Praise God. And we see Jacob when he was, uh, when his brother Esau was coming towards him, you know, after he left Laban and he was heading back. The Bible says, you know, he put the, 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 the wife, the handmaids, the two of them, and he put their children in front. Then he put Jacob, uh, sorry, Joseph, the one he loved the most, at the back. So when things are turbulent, it is possible for us to sacrifice the loved for the present. I'll take that again. When things are turbulent, when things are rough, it is possible for us to sacrifice the loved for the present. You know, something you cherish, you know, you just give it up because of the present. Praise God. So that is something not to do at all. Hold on to it. Don't put them in the line of fire. Don't put them in a situation where they will take a lot of heat. Where they will take a lot of heat. You know, we need to shield our loved ones. Keep them safe. Don't allow them to be the ones taking all the stress and all the pressure. Don't do what Jacob did. You know, although he went, we know the Bible says he went ahead, but you wonder why, why did he put those people there? They should actually be they are part of the vulnerable group, vulnerable group. They should never be in the line of fire. Praise God. Hallelujah. So when times are turbulent, when times are turbulent, there is something we need to do too, you know, which might be a bit challenging for some of us from certain culture. We, we might need to actually sit down and have a chat with the people that are being impacted within our sphere of influence when, th- when times are rough. Praise God. So, lots of things there we can talk about. But ultimately, 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 we need to keep our eyes on God. We need to keep our eyes on God. Keep your eyes on God. In rounding up, keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on the strategic. Be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And refuse to compromise. And refuse to give up. And I pray that as we do all the things and don't do the things that we shouldn't do, that God himself will see us through and uh, keep us till the very end in Jesus' name. Amen.
For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.